And now, from the studios of New Hope Hilo, Hawaii, when people connect. Good morning, and welcome to New Hope Hilo. I'm Kat, and we're continuing our series, When People Connect. And today's message from Pastor Sheldon Loxena will be, Love Has to Look Like Something. So please, help me welcome Pastor Sheldon Loxena. I feel like I want something already. It's good. Welcome to the show. Thanks Welcome to the show. How are okay. you doing? I'm good. How come my chair is adjusted again? Was it, are is you having issues chair? again? Maybe we switch chairs. Did we? Do we have to switch chairs? No, no, no. Will you not be able to continue if we don't good switch too. chairs? This is good. You're doing your OCD thing again. I'm not in front of everybody. I'm not. I'm not. Do you, know, know, do you guys know what OCD is? Obsessive compulsive disorder. Where things have is. to be a certain but, way, right? Watch. No. See? No, because certain no, people no, wait, just wait, have wait. to have things. No, no. You're OCD. You have to have it this way. So you think just because you moved it, I have to move it back to have it centered with our front, with this row. But I'm moving it back because I know you don't like it there. Okay. All right. And, you can, and, and yeah, it sounds bad, OCD, but I'm not like, you know. Sure. Where's OCD, the staff? OCD. Where's the OCD. staff? No, but when you <laughs> say know. obsessive, okay. compulsive disorder. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because some people like, they have to have things a certain way, like peel their water bottle labels before they can drink it. I don't peel it I just I just peel it a little to know that this is mine. Yeah, but anyway, so our, our show today <laughs> has to do with love has to look like something. So uh, we're gonna play a game, okay? okay? You I'm ready? stuck on this OCD thing. I'm like, it's not a it's not OCD. Let's move on, shall we? Okay, sure. Okay, so because we're we're doing love has to look like something, we're gonna play a game called. Okay. You look like somebody, huh? And what that is, is... Did you make up that title? Yeah, I did. I did. It took a lot of thought, didn't yes, it? Yes, it did. Yes, like it did. two minutes. <laughs> but we have people that actually look like celebrities, real-life celebrities. And there are certain people in our very congregation that look like celebrities. Okay? So let's see who our first person is. Look at the big screen. I have to guess this person? Yes. What do I have to do? You have to guess. <laughs> who Pastor Pauline has been mistaken... Actually, in Macy's, it happened to her. You know what? Uh, oh, in Macy's. Yeah, somebody came up to her and said, you look like somebody, yeah? I've got to be cautious on how I answer this. Okay, so first, is Pastor Pauline around right now? Is she, she is. Is she here? She's around. She's outside. Okay, she, so, you know Incredibles? Yeah. Mora. <laughs> right? Right, I mean... Without glasses. And you see, you guys are laughing because, you know, the one, good, Hello, my darling, how's he doing, Hello, darling. darling? And she has that, um, the, the tiny lady. Okay, one. okay, that's fine. No. Well, from far, from that picture, you guys, no, 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 that's, you guys yeah. kind of photoshopped that picture. That's not too. who somebody mistaken her for. Okay. okay. So we, shall we see, who does she look like? From KITV News 4, <laughs> Pamela Young. No. That's the best picture you guys could get of Pamela Young. That is. I looked on her Facebook and everything, and that's the best picture I could get. I mean, Pamela Young is local. She lives here. Yes. So they thought that uh, the while Pastor Pauline was shopping in Macy's that she was Pamela Young. Okay? I could see that, but you, you know what you guys should have done? Have Pastor Pauline hold a mic, point finger, and make oh, her look yeah, like her. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm glad you said that because that, in our next photo, okay, next photo, we have uh, better prepared it. So let's see who our next person is. Take a okay. look at the screen. Glenn Motoishi, <laughs> our drummer. Yeah. Okay. Now okay. this is fun. Right? No. This is good. Who, there's a celebrity. <laughs> it's good when it's not me. That several people, more uh, than several people, have actually told him he looks like. Okay. Who do you think? Um, 
<laughs> Everybody's guessing. Um, okay, Big sports. Big sports. Sports. Apollo. Sports. I'm thinking like um, Legolas. What is that actor? That's all I know him as is Legolas. And he was in Pirates Orlando of the Caribbean. Bloom. Orlando Bloom. Well, how come you know his name just like that? <laughs> so, Orlando Bloom. I'm Orlando a lord Bloom. of the... I read the books. Oh. I'm a fan of the you, books. You read the books and you know what he looks like. <laughs> What kind of book is that? Okay. So, uh, let's see <laughs> who Glenn Motiishi looks like. I heard somebody say it. Apollo. Gold medalist, That's so Apollo awesome. Anton You got Ono. that? Did people ever tell you that? What about, what about, what is the other? Uh, Legolas. Orlando, Orlando Bloom. Bloom. No, he never got that one. Maybe if we tie, dye his hair blonde, make what it about, long. What about Leonardo we'll... DiCaprio? Every time I want to call him DiCappuccino. <laughs> no. Yeah, keep going. Brad Pitt? Any Brad Pitt? <laughs> okay, so anyway. Auto <laughs> time, okay. I get that. Okay, so okay. this is your last chance, okay? This next okay. picture, I really want you to focus, okay? Okay. Okay, who is our next person? I win something. Oh. Oh, my goodness. This is. Hey, no, wait what a minute. What a surprise. It's Pastor yeah, Sheldon. I, I work here, and that's the best picture you could get? <laughs> if I am OCD, that's the only thing I'm OCD about. There's a reason. There's a reason for oh my this goodness, picture. It better be a good reason. Yeah, better we just so happened came. We just so happened came across this, but okay. uh, you, um, I you actually, guess what several I people like? have have actually told you oh that you. Goodness. Can you remember who it was? Uh, well, let me think. <laughs> Hard for find somebody look like me. Hard. How do you be like? Why are you being so cheesy? <laughs> um, I can't guess my okay, own. Because, all right, all right, because all if right, I guess right. somebody and they'd be like, wow, you think you look like him? Well, prideful, <laughs> are you? Oh, you think you look like Or Bunny. Bunny would say that to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, let's see who Pastor Sheldon looks like. I should have them guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From the movie Mulan. That's right. Shang. Shang. You told me that people have said, you look like Uncle Sheldon. You look like Shang. That's right. Can we I'll see that again? gazing at myself. <laughs> Can we see that again, please? What do you mean? I just want to point out the hairline. That is awesome. The squared shoulders. That, yeah. That looks like you. You know what that tells me? Disney knows what they're, they know what they're doing. Right, right. They said, we're going to find one good-looking character. <laughs> and we're going to draw the, well, You know what is weird? I'm a cartoon character. Yeah, I know, I know. Like Pastor Pauline is a real person. Yeah. Glenn is a real person. Yeah. You're unique. You're unique. Okay. And that's, that's why that's you get to bring is. us the message. Love has to look like something. Because right? that was going to be going on. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Please welcome thank Pastor you. Sheldon Laxina. Okay. Let's get down to business. Yeah, you guys, you know that song? Do you, Mulan? No? Okay. We can't talk now. But we are talking about love has to look like something. So we know where we're heading. In fact, when you look at your notes, it's kind of blank. And you'll kind of figure out why. In what we're going to be talking about today, uh, when I first came to this church and I, I walked into the doors, actually it wasn't here, it was at the boys club, and some of you came to this church while it was at the boys club, or even before it was at the boys club, women's club and, and other places, but when I first walked into church, I thought, whoa, this is different, you know, the people love one another, they're kind, and I couldn't grasp what it was that I was sensing in this church. And what I've grown to learn is that, that we love people with the love of God. It's a love of a different kind. And so when I would see people hug and, and, and uh, 
there was a lot of laughter and joy. I just couldn't figure it out. And, I, and when I found out that it was the love of Christ, then I understood that it wasn't of us. You know, we're not loving people with our kind of love because our kind of love is conditional. God's love is unconditional. And so when I understood that, I thought, Lord, that's what you do through your church, the people. As I continue to serve and volunteer and get involved with the different events that we've had and that we have and started up a lot of them too while I was serving in ministry, I, I seen the very beginnings of certain um, events that we've had like our Ho'olaulea coming up, our pumpkin party, uh, even our Easter plays and Christmas plays and seeing the birth of those and various other conferences or whatever else we may do. And I've grown to love those things that draw people closer to God. The things that we do so that you can invite your family and friends to in the hopes that they would come to find Christ. Because our mission, our goal here is to preach the gospel in such a way, the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that turns non-Christians into converts, converts into disciples, disciples into mature, fruitful leaders who will in turn go into the world and reach others for Christ. We tend to say it like this, we reach the lost one relationship at a time. That's why we're here. And when we say lost, what we mean is people who don't know Christ, the unchurched, people who are far from God. That's our mission. It's to reach the lost one relationship at a time. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13.3, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if, it, but if I didn't love others... I would have gained nothing. And what the Bible is telling us is we can have all of these events, we can do what we do for Christ, but if we're so busy doing these things and there's no love attached to it, really, we gain nothing. Have you ever been so busy that you forgot something? That maybe you forgot uh, your car keys or your cell phone, your kids, you just forgot something because you're that busy. Well, Sometimes being busy can cause us to do things like that. We can forget to take our medication. We can forget uh, our, our, finance, uh, our money somewhere, our wallet or, or your purse. Being busy causes us to do things like that. And Jesus kind of addressed that with these two people, Mary and Martha, in Luke chapter 10. And some of you know the story, but Jesus was coming to their home. And so Mary and Martha got everything ready for Jesus when he would come there. Well, by the time Jesus gets there... Mary sits with Jesus, and Martha is busy doing all the tasks that need to be done for their dinner. And then Mary is sitting there and that, building that relationship with Jesus. Martha comes out and says, Lord, my sister Mary is sitting there listening to you. Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus says, oh, Martha, Martha, you're, you're so consumed and worried about so many things. But Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You know what Jesus was saying? If you're too busy to love me, you're going to be too busy to love anyone else. Then if you're so busy doing the things to prepare for me, then you're going to miss being with me. And when I looked at that story, I thought, Lord, that's so true because even in our very own lives, we cannot love people when we're busy. And what Jesus was saying is you're anxious and disturbed 
about many things. And then when he says many things, he actually uses a word, polos, which is where we get the word poly from, like Polynesian islands, the Polynesian triangle. We have many islands. So he uses that word many. He says you're, you're so anxious and worried. You're distracted. You're consumed and disturbed with all these things that you missed what is most important, and that's loving me. We cannot love Christ when we're busy. And when we're busy and not loving Christ, then we cannot love people because we're too busy. You know, in our, in our day and age, even with the, the simplest things, there are many options. Like you can go to a coffee shop and you can say, can I have, uh, i just take a cup of black coffee. Uh, what size do you want? Uh, I'll, uh, like a medium, okay, uh, for here to go. You have a medium cup for here? Uh, I'll just take uh, to go. Uh, w- what would you like in that? In my black coffee? <laughs> uh, air? I don't know. And then even, even with tea. Have you ever ordered tea? Like, just give me, a, can I just have tea? Hot tea. Okay, what kind of tea? Like, what do you have? They have like a dictionary of teas. So they bring it over in a cigar box. They open it up, and there's tons of tea in that, I'm like, you know, just give me Lipton. That's what I grew up with. You know, I'm not fancy. So just give me Lipton. Like, uh, we don't serve Lipton here. Like, give me something close to it. I'll go outside and grab some leaves. Just something. <laughs> bottled water. The other day, we're getting bottled water. Heidi says, go grab me a bottle of water. I stand at the, the shelf. There's tons of bottled water. I'm like, Heidi, what? which one? What do you want, Paradise? You want Menehune? You want Smart Water? Dumb Water? What, Kangen Water? What do you want? I don't know what you want. So we, even with the simplest things, water. There are many options. And I thought when there are many options, it minimizes what should be simple. What should be simple. And if we look at the simplicity of God's love, sometimes we add things onto that so that we can sense the love of God. Now, whether it be coffee or bottled water or tea, options will do that. And in the same way, loving people is the simplest form of being Christ-like in this world. Loving people is the simplest form of being Christ-like in this world. That's what Jesus came to bring. He says, I only do what the Father speaks to me. I only do what he does. And the Bible says God is love. So Jesus operates out of the motivation of love. That's why when we come to know him as Lord and Savior, it's a free gift He doesn't look at our past behaviors. He looks at our future growth and he says, I'm never too busy for you because love can't be busy. And so he welcomes us into his arms and now he tells us as believers, he says, somebody has to tell people that there is a love of a different kind that it's still available in this world today. Somebody has to tell them. This shocking message must be communicated to your neighbors and to my neighbors that there is love still available that this world can never offer we've got to tell people who are right in the middle of messed up lives that there is a gift of redemption that jesus christ has purchased with his death on the cross that redemptive power which is freely given he offers it to anyone and everyone who will receive it through faith and belief in jesus christ but if we're too busy then, and not just in our personal lives, but even as a church, 
then we won't be able to love people towards Jesus. And here's one of the things that the Lord has been speaking to me uh, more recently, but even in the past couple of years. And so what I'm about to share is ohana time. This is family stuff. And this is, it, this is so critical to the history of our church as, as long as we've been here, as far as the future in what we look like as a church. I found it in Philippians 3, verses 3 to 8, as, as, as the Lord brought this to my attention. And it says, we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. And this is Paul the Apostle speaking. He says, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old, which is a, the ceremony... Uh, from the Hebrews, uh, Jewish ceremony. And I, uh, excuse me, he Hebrew, and as he continued to uh, learn about the traditions and what needed to take place, he's saying, I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. So he's giving his accolades. He's saying, this is what I've done. This is what, I I've done everything right. I'm a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when, I com when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And he says this, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage so that I could gain Christ. You know, Paul is saying, all that I have done when compared to Christ is garbage. It's, it's worthless. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything when compared to the infinite knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ. But then he continues, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. Paul could have said, you know, if you disagree with what I'm saying, well, too bad. That's what God says. But he says, no, no, no. I, I, if you disagree on some things, I believe God will make it plain to you. In other words, Paul was so confident of what the Lord was speaking to him that he says, you may disagree, but I believe God will make it plain to you. It's not any one of us that is doing changes or is making changes in our lives or even in our church. It is God who is calling us. Hebrews 12.1 tells us, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So as I've been praying and thinking through all of these things, I thought, are there things in my life that I'm doing and in our church 
that are not necessarily a sin, but a weight. It's heavy. It's an encumbrance. It's easily tangling us up. And I had to think through, not just in my personal life, but even as a church. So I went kind of through the history of our church and the things that we've done, like our, like our conferences that we've done, our, our, our big events, our, uh, like our pumpkin party and all of that. And I thought, we do our conferences so that we can help build people's lives up in the Lord, to build their faith, to help them grow spiritually as a leader. We do these things, or to help other churches or ministries. Uh, we have our Easter plays or our Christmas plays. We do that so we can present the gospel of Jesus in a creative way so that people can invite their family and friends in the hopes that they find Christ. The pumpkin party, kind of the same thing, to provide a safe place for our community so that people can come up and hopefully connect with God in some way. And it's an outreach so that people can find Christ eventually. So here's what the Lord has been speaking to me about and that he wants us to reach people through us but we're too busy as a church to do so and when he spoke that i thought wait what do you mean we're too busy as a church this is all i've known i mean these things that we do this is this is what we've done And I thought, so what are you specifically, tangibly asking us to do? And he says, all these major events that you're doing, you don't need right now. And I said, wait, what about the ones that are already going? I mean, what, what, how, do we, how do we figure this out? He says, you're going to go back to the simplicity of loving people, but if you're too busy, you can't love people. And so the wisdom side of it was, okay, Lord, we have... Laulea coming up, which is, I mean, running full speed. And, and I, I'm, I'm so glad for God's wisdom and his graciousness. Those things are already running. You know, it's, and if we were to cancel that now, that's not showing love to our community, nor would it show love to the vendors that have been preparing for months for that day. So the Ho'olaulea is still on, the Ho'olaulea. I said, what about our pumpkin party? Thousands of people come up to our pumpkin party. I remember the first one we had. We had it in our fellowship hall. We had chairs instead of, you know, wood that we would use for booths. And we played little kid games. And, you know, a couple hundred people had come up. But now thousands of people come up, Lord. I mean, we use buses now. And he says, nope, I'm going to provide another way. I said, how? He said, I'm going to use the other churches. They're going to rise up because they have something on Halloween that night, to redeem that night for the Lord. So this year, we're not going to be having our pumpkin party for the first time in I don't know how many years, maybe 15, 16 years. And I always look forward to that. And I said, Lord, so how do we do that with our community? He said, you just got to get the word out. But, but he said this, now you can pour all your energies into Sunday morning. I said, but that's what we do. He said, no, you give me leftovers on Sunday morning. I mean, this is hard stuff that I'm dealing with the Lord. And, and so I said, um, so give me, give me some wisdom on this, some practical things. He said, when you do an event, a major event like that, that's one time a year. Sunday mornings are 52 times in a year. So focus on that rather than one major event because when you're focusing on 52 opportunities to reach the lost, now our people can go out into the world and reach others for Christ. 
Because when the people come here, we're not too busy for them. And our energies weren't spent over the entire weekend trying to do something so grand that we have no love for the people. So I said, okay, Lord, what, what, are you, what else are you doing? And he says, so your Easter and Christmas plays, instead of doing a Wednesday night and Friday night, just do something different on a Wednesday night. Because we'll still have our midweek service. That's, our, that's the time for us as believers to grow deeper in the Lord. We call it Wednesday equip, our equip services, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And the Lord says, if, you, if you're too busy doing the works of ministry, you're not going to be able to minister. Because we're all ministers. God calls us his ministers. We're all his, amba- his ambassadors. We represent him. So with our Christmas play and then our Easter play, then we'll, we'll revamp everything so that we can have the energies for Sunday morning. So when you reach out to your family and friends, we can love them with a love of a different kind, not just task, but we love people into the kingdom of God. He wants us to reach people through people. We can also use our resources wisely. With all these events, a lot of resources are being poured out that way. We can pour them into Sunday morning. And then when we see what God will be doing, then we'll understand, as he said, some of, you know, he said, some of you may disagree, but I, I believe God will make it plain to you. I love that, what Paul said. I was the one disagreeing with God. I said, God, what about this? What about this? He said, I'm going to make it plain to you. So our elders, our council members know, and, and they're 100% on board. Our staff was 100% on board. And let me just tell you about our staff. They will go over and beyond. I don't even have to question if these guys work hard. They work hard. And they give over and beyond. But my concern that God showed me wasn't actually the staff members. It was their spouses and their children. That they're away from their homes so often. And so I thought, Lord, so, you know, are we in bad shape? He said, no, no, you're at this fork in the road. You're right here. You're not in a bad place. You can turn this thing around because love never fails. And we go back to the simplicity of loving Christ and loving people. Philippians 3.16, when I read this scripture, uh, the Lord showed me this because I was battling with, but people come to know you through events. They come to know you through these different things. And he said, I can still use other things. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, you're God. He says, I'm going to use you as the people. I said, but, I mean, these are traditions that we've had. Almost sounds like the Pharisees, doesn't it? But these are things we've always done. And then this is the scripture he gave to me, Philippians 3.16. He says, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. In other words, all the things that we did is not in vain. Everything that you've learned through all of that, organizational skills or wisdom from God or your family came to know Christ, whatever it would be. He says, hold on to the progress that you've already made. See, God doesn't need events to reach people. He uses us. That's who he uses he uses every single person. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. And that's our aim. Love God and love people. The simplicity of loving God and loving people. John 15.2 says that he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches. This is what I love. 
that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. See, when, whenever I see God prune, not just in my personal life that he cuts certain things off, but even as a church, he always prunes to fruitfulness. He doesn't prune just to cut off because there's too much. He says, no, no, no. I see that we need to bear fruit in this area, so I'm going to cut off everything that does not bear as much fruit as what you're going to be doing on Sunday morning because all your energies, all the nutrients needs to be poured into Sunday morning. I don't know about you, but if you ever invite someone to church, very rarely will they say, what day? They will usually say, what time? I mean, there are some churches, they'll do a Saturday night service or a Sunday morning, but most likely, people know it's Sunday morning. They already know. 52 opportunities a year we will have to reach out to people that don't know Jesus Christ. And, but here's what I've seen in this church. You, the people, because that's what the church is. For many of you, you found Christ in this church. This is where you came to know Jesus Christ. This is like your spiritual welcome home. That's what happened. You found Christ here. For some of you, your children have grown up here. Some of you have grown up here as a child. And now you're a young adult or a little older because we've been here for, you know, 37 years as a church or even maybe 38. But this is where you grew up. Your children are growing up here. Your grandchildren are growing up here. So there's a lot that we've gone through here at this church. For some of you, you grow spiritually. This is where you come to to learn about God. This is where you come to to build your, your faith in God, your spirituality. Others, you have built lifelong relationships here. And you've met wonderful people here. When I walk around, I see pockets of people talking story, laughing. You're building relationship. That's what Christ came to bring, relationship and community. And that's what I see happening around here. Some of you found your spouse here. Not like you came to check out people, but through serving together or whatever else. Maybe God brought you together, whatever it would be. Some of our youth grew up learning about God together, and now they're married today. We find people in community here. Relationships are built. Some of you, you've been serving You've been volunteering and serving tirelessly because you will never say no. And you continue to serve Christ over and beyond. And Christ is saying, it's time to slow down. I want to speak specifically to our seniors. And now I know what happens. Wait, am I a senior? What age is this at? You know who you are. Even if you're in denial, you're a senior. But we call you forerunners. And the reason why we call you forerunners is because that's what you do. You pave the way for the next generation to come because all of us are forerunners for God. We're pioneers. We pave the way so people can find Christ. And what you seniors have done, you forerunners, is you have set a foundation for the next generation. But I think for some of you, you feel like your race is done. And some of you believe that, well, I don't have any more to give, so my time is up. I'll just sit. And you actually say this. It's time for the young people to take over. That's not a bad thing. But I want to let you know this. You're still needed. You matter. 
You mattered to God and you mattered to me. The life that you have given for this church and for Christ is unbelievable. I've seen that. I've seen all you have done. I've, and I've, because I came here at 19 years old and I'm 42 now, so I've been here for 23 years. So I've seen some of, some of you in your 40s where you were at my age going and going and going, and then there came a season where you said, I'm pow, going. I'm now going to be watching. I want to tell you a story about this wonderful woman named Doris Aoki. She's one of our elders. She's 95 years young. Doris could call it quits. She could say, and I've reached that age that I let the young people take over. She could say that, but do you know what she does? She does the best that she can with what she has. You know what she carries around? Yeah, we can actually applaud Doris Aoki for all that she does. Here's what she does. She carries a pen and pad. And then she'll meet people. She'll say, good morning, God bless you, what's your name? And then she'll talk to her, she'll write their names down. And then next week when she sees them, she looks at her pen and pad. She sees them, she gets their name, and then she greets them by name. I am amazed at this woman. She loves people. She prays for people. Sometimes I'll give her a hug and then I'll let go and she's still hugging. <laughs> okay, and I'll hug again. And, but she's praying for me. And I so appreciate those prayers. You do the best that you can with what you have. All this technology, you don't need it. We actually don't need it. And you may feel like, boy, you got, there's so much technology, I feel like I'm lost in all this. We have a New Hope app and all of this. Listen, that's only because we're trying to reach that generation. If we scratched everything, video cameras, our, our, our New Hope app, this TV and scriptures and, and whatever else, can we still not love people with the love of Christ? Can, cannot the power of Jesus Christ still operate in our world? The greatest technology that ever was invented was you. That's what God wants to use. And you don't shut down or freeze up. Sometimes you catch a virus, but it goes away. You don't need no passcode to, to, to work. God created you with a purpose. And you're still here. You still have a purpose. And God wants to still use people, his greatest technology, to reach people for him. I remember when I would first come to church and people would love me, I, I would think, how can they do that? How can they love me? I know my junk. I know my sin. I know what, what I do, and, but people still love me. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed at what I did, and I, I almost tried to seclude myself from certain people because I was like, ah, I don't want to go near the pastor because he's holy, and if I go near him, I might blow up. And I remember, I remember one, one day, I, I, you know, I, I went running, and this is at Ala Moana, and so I run around the park, and I, I'll come back, and my, my greatest fear is getting into that elevator and other people are in there as I'm sweating because when I'm sweating, like Heidi will come into our little workout room and she'll go, wow, you stink. Or my grandchildren will say, Papa, you stink. And I'm thinking, if I'm in that elevator, they're stuck with me and I'm stink. 
And so I'll, I'll get into the elevator, and this past time, uh, we were there this weekend, and I got in there, and no one was in there. I was like, yes, thank God. But then they had a convention, and so the next floor, everybody came in. And I'm like, in the corner, I'm like, oh, come on. And uh, it was foreigners, so they're not, they're not speaking English. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I wonder if they're saying, oh, this man stink. I don't know what they're saying. So I just stand there. And, oh, I felt so uncomfortable. I started sweating more. And I'm just standing there. And I'm in my workout clothes. And if you have workout clothes, it's not regular clothes smell. It's workout clothes smell. So I'm standing there feeling so ashamed, uncomfortable. I don't want to look at anybody. And I'm just in my corner. Like, Lord, hurry up, hurry up. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. And the moment the door opened and they went out, I was like, thank you, Jesus. And then I left the elevator and I felt a whole lot better. And the moment I got out of that elevator, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, that's how lost people feel when they come to church. And I said, what? He said, that's how they feel. When a new person comes to church, they're ashamed already. They don't want to make eye contact with people. They're hoping no one recognizes them because they know what's on the inside. He says, I need people to love that person. I need someone to reach out and, and, and love that person with a love of a different kind. And I want to use you and the church. I want to use people. That's the reason why God is speaking this to us as a church. It all comes back to loving people. See, I'd rather people come here and we have no fancy things, but then they're loved. Because then they'll leave and, hey, how was church? Oh, man, the place bust up. I mean, lighting was bad, sound was bad, video was bad, everything was bad. But, but I'm going back. What? Why are you going back? I don't know, just something, it's like something is drawing me back. It's a love of a different kind. That they, they, don't, they don't worry about anything else but loving people. That's what Jesus did. He said, I have no place to lay my head. But he loved people. And he loved them unconditionally. John 15, 2, he continues. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. But if we're too busy doing the works of Christ then we'll be severed from Christ because we won't be able to love him because we're too busy doing things that look good. So all our energies now can be poured into our Sunday mornings, reaching the lost one relationship at a time. I love how Jesus uh, commanded his disciples before he ascended into heaven in Matthew 28, 18. This is where we get our mission this is where we get our purpose. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's why we do what we do with 
water baptism. He says, that's what you're supposed to do. You teach them to obey my ways. You baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You teach them. You help them to grow in me. But if you're too busy, you're going to miss all of that. In fact, today we have our connecting with the family, which is how you uh, connect with the church and gives us an opportunity as staff to meet you. And we're going to have that right after third service, which is about 11.45, 12 o'clock in our covered court. Actually, we're going to be here, and then we'll eat in our covered courtyard. But this is for new people, people who are looking for a church, people who are, uh, maybe you've come here for a while, and you've, you've never heard the heart and vision behind our church, and you're, you want to know more about the different ministries that are available, then I want to invite you to our Connecting with the Family. And then next week, we actually have water baptism. And Jesus commanded us to baptize people. So we're going to be doing that. God wants us to reach people. He wants to use our church to reach the lost one relationship at a time and to draw them into an intimate relationship with himself. With all our imperfections, New Hope Hilo Hawaii is being used by God to do just that. It's to build relationships with people so that they come to know Christ. And relationships are not optional in our church. Relationships are the church. It's what Christ came to do. It was never to be an us versus the world. It, it kind of happens as a result of us forgetting we were like that. But that Christ redeemed us and now he wants us to go out into the world to reach the unchurched. You know, in our current culture, in our, in our world today, the cause of world redemption is only possible when believers like you and I tell others about Jesus Christ, reach others for Jesus Christ, love people with a different kind of love, a love that comes from God, that draws them near to him and encourages each other in the church to be an example for others so that they find Jesus Christ. That's how the kingdom of God is advanced. It's one relationship at a time. It's us reaching out to people one by one. But we'll do that together. Love has to look like something. It has to look like something. And if I thought, well, what does love look like? Love looks like what Jesus did on the cross. He died for our sins so that we could live with him for all of eternity. Love dies to self. And whenever I have a hard time loving someone, I got to die to self so that I can love someone with a different kind of love. That's what Jesus did on the cross for you and I, for the entire world. I think we can do the same because it is not us who lives. It is Christ in us. Amen. Let's say, we, can we do this? I think we can do this. So... So someone asked me a question. They said, what about, because uh, there's other things that we've planned, but um, uh, there are certain things that we're already rolling, like Legacy, which is our high school district camp. Those things are still on. There are certain things that are still on. But we can look forward to next year because we can plan next year for our Sunday mornings and then uh, not having our major events. Uh, we can do that. Uh, and sometimes it may feel like, okay, so what, what, are, what, what, do we, what do we do? And it can almost feel... Like, there's so many things that we used to do, but now we get to pour our energies into people and Sunday mornings so that when we invite them, 
we're not too busy to love them. Why don't you pray with me? Can you do that? Can we bow our heads together and let's pray? Lord, as we listen to you and, and, and do our very best to love people, things like this is not always easy, but when you speak this to us, it's more an act of obedience rather than what we want. And I do believe, Lord, that you are continuously using this church to love people into the kingdom of God. And you'll continue to do so. Lord, forgive me if I've strayed and forgive me if I've done things that kind of took us off track of where we need to be. And we want to repent right now and turn from that way of being too busy for you. I want to go back to the simplicity of loving you so that we can love other people. It's a love of a different kind, Lord. And people need to know that. And you're going to use us to reach out to people in this world. So I pray over every single person here, Lord. I pray your blessing over them, your spirit over them, your anointing over them, that your hand would be upon them. I commission them to be ambassadors for Christ, that they would represent you as ministers into this world, that they won't look at their past. They forget their past. They look forward. They run this race of what lies ahead, that heavenly prize, that every single person here, Lord, can reach out to a non-churched person. They can find lost people, people who are far from you, and introduce them to a love of a different kind. So, Lord, I pray boldness into every single person that they would love like you love. We thank you for showing us that love has to look like something. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen.